Welcome to Ego Netcast. I am Martin Lindeskog, and today I'm talking to Colin Gray of the podcast host. Hello, Colin. Hey, Martin. How are you getting on? Good. Yourself? Very well, thanks. Very well, very well. Great to hear. So, how are things in uh, Scotland? Yeah, they're good just now. We have a, a bit of a grey sky outside just now, but uh, and a, a lot of rain earlier on, <laughs> but uh, we're surviving. It's uh, it's nice inside anyway. <laughs> yeah, so you're not, are you out uh, biking in the, in the rain also? <laughs> Sometimes, often am, yes, but uh, not today, I'm afraid. I'm in the office working today, uh, so okay. no biking. But we had a, had a good week last week down uh, camping in Wales, actually, so I had the bike down with me. So there was a much more sun and uh, nice weather at that point. Great. Are you uh, doing racing also? Uh, yes, indeed. I, uh, I've not got any, I've not had a race in the last little while, actually, but I've got one coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, so training for that at the moment. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm not feeling as prepared for that as I probably should, but yeah, it'll be good fun anyway. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I will tell you later on about a friend of mine who is doing this um, race, race bicycle, uh, bicycling with racing, and he has also done a mapping out of different how do you say uh, uh, challenges and uh, hills and so on and yes, yeah. uh, heights on a map on on a website. Uh-huh. So that could be maybe of interest of you oh, and doing yeah, a book yeah, of that. that. Ah, uh, so I will start out reading from your Twitter profile, Colin. Okay. Uh, founder, uh, podcaster, and writer of a podcast host, covering skills and tech for podcasters. Fund, fond of mountain bike hashtag. Attend uh, and annoying my kids. Now <laughs> building S A A S. Something about service at your demand. And you are in Dundee, Scotland, and the link is thepodcasthost.com. And you are following 1,776 peeps, and you have uh, 2,818 followers. So how are things? Uh, What are you up to at the moment, Colin? And thanks again for podcastguest.com. That's how we connected. Indeed, yes, yeah, yeah. So I, I just spotted you on there, looking for uh, for interesting guests, and thought I'd get in touch. The show looked really interesting, so I thought it'd be good to have a chat. Yeah, great. So, uh, what what are you up to now, right now, with your uh, work and hobbies and, and so on? I saw, I listened to and watched a YouTube channel, yeah. the Numbers Game, you could call it, with podcasting and also how. Yeah. Uh, business entrepreneurs and online uh, practitioners, how they could uh, earn a living of what they are doing, and Indeed, also yeah. doing tips and tricks, uh, some things. So please tell about the numbers game. Yeah, sure. Happy to talk about that. It's um, it's a project I started about uh, two months ago, I think. Um, we obviously we're a we're a podcasting company, so we teach people how to podcast, um, and we've run a few shows over the years. I've done them on a bunch of subjects from our sort of core one on how to podcast up to Mountain Bikes Apart, which is a show I do just talking about mountain biking because that's good fun. Um, but there was a, there was a point this time, uh, no, sorry, it was about the start of the year, about April, May, maybe even February, actually, back in February, March, where I decided I wanted to try and do something just a bit different that reached a bit more widely. And I'd been talking a lot about repurposing content at the time. So it was about 
it was about creating audio, but also creating video, also creating blogging, because we do all of it. We do video, we do writing, we do audio, uh, podcasting, audio, which is at the core. But a lot of people that we work with, they can't, you know, they can't justify spending time on just audio. Uh, it's kind of because it is still we've not quite gone mainstream yet with the whole podcast mm. format It's still I mean the stats show that it's still only about one in two people 50% of the people know what a podcast is and about a fifth listen on a regular basis so we're still not mainstream by any means so it was it was around a lot of questions I was getting from our audience on how to make a podcast more or how to leverage a podcast more, how to make it more worthwhile spending time on that. And so I thought I'd try and create a show that was based around that principle. So the numbers game is um, it's designed to be as sustainable and as wide reaching as possible. It's a show that we I run to tell our story, basically, is to tell the story behind the company that we run. So it's the story behind the podcast host, how we uh, how we earn a living through the podcast host, how the content we're creating, about hiring staff, about getting funding and investment, about all the things that I've been working on over the last uh, you know, six months or even since it started. Actually, the first few episodes are really just the story of the founding of the company. Um, so this it's just me practicing storytelling, but in a way that makes it super repurposable. So by that, I mean, uh, I'm recording it on good audio. So we've got our good mics plugged in, got into the mixer, but I'm plugging that into my digital camera, so my DSLR, and I'm recording it on video as well. So we're getting both the video and the audio. And what I'm doing is I'm recording it in five different segments. So we've got the story segment. We've got the stats segment because people are wanting to hear the numbers as well. So like the traffic we're getting just now, the income we're making just now, the social following, the um, email list growth as well. Um, then I've got lessons. So there's a lesson segment which takes something out of the story and teaches people what we've what I've taken from that. And then finally, we've got the two segments at the end, which are uh, one of the ones I'm most excited about, which is experiments. So I'm running an experiment every week, just testing something around the numbers. Uh, the whole thing behind the numbers game. So maybe I, I test a different type of pop-up or maybe I test a, a different way of publishing a blog post or maybe I test you know, a different type of approach on YouTube and sort of look at the numbers and see how it affects it. So I'm doing experiments every week and showing and, and helping people to join in with them as well. And that leads to the last segment, which is a task. So I give people homework as well. So we're, we're actually encouraging people to do something along with this. Uh, maybe something to do with the experiment or something to do with the lesson. And so those five segments, all five of them go into the podcast, but I split them up into five separate videos for YouTube. So it means that right now with one recording uh, session, so with one hour of recording, uh, I'm getting five videos. So a video a day for YouTube. I'm getting a full podcast episode every week. And because I've hired a journalism student to write for me as well, he's actually creating a blog post based on these episodes. So he's taken a couple of hours, he's listening to the episode, he's writing it down, he's kind of summarizing it, and he's creating a blog post too. And that's not costing us very much, that's just a, a couple of hours of his time. So by the end of it, I've got a big blog post, I've got the five videos, and I've got a podcast. So it's getting it's getting tons of content out there in a really sustainable way for me. I think it's working well for us, certainly just now. Great. Uh, when did you start with this uh, podcast? It's only up to episode seven so far. So we started it back and I started thinking about it, I think January, February. And I think I first recorded an episode in March. Yeah. Did you get this idea through this youpreneur and this mastermind group or 
how did it evolve this idea? Yeah, the the idea for the format has been sort of evolving in my head over the last couple of years, to be honest, because mm. like I said, a lot of people come to us and say they want to podcast and they start a podcast, um, uh, but they peter out after maybe 20, 30 episodes. Yeah. Then there's businesses that want to start a podcast. They can see the the benefit of, of speaking in audio like we're doing just now. There's just something, there's a really great connection there. And there's also the, the amount of attention you can get from people. Like people listen, you know, your hours, your show is about an hour, you say. So it's, it's that's a lot of time you get from people. So businesses want to get in front of people and, and talk to them for that long. But like I said, because it's not that mainstream, it's just a bit of a struggle to justify the time and the investment in it. So it's something that's been brewing in me around the fact that podcasting maybe doesn't work as well as it could on its own. It needs blogging, it needs video, it needs you need to do all three bits of content. So I've been talking to people for a couple of years about trying to do more and more content or trying to, trying to do all the different types, but it's a struggle to do them all separately. So I've just been yeah. sort of thinking about ways to tie them together thinking about ways to make it so that you're creating audio, video and text all in one activity, uh, mm. but making it sustainable uh, and making it so that each one is leveraging its own advantage. Um, for example, YouTube, you don't want long videos on YouTube because the mm. attention span's quite low. So that's why I'm keeping the long form, you know, the hour long episode for the audio, but breaking it up into five shorter episodes for video. And then we've got the text, which is a summary. So that's when people want to go back and skim something and really uh, sort of revisit the ideas and stuff like that. So it's something that I started um, teaching and talking about and just testing. Um, and I've spoken about, uh, I call it content stacking, something I'm try <laughs> supposed to try to coin the term. Um, yeah. And I've talked about it at a few conferences and it just goes down really well with people. And this is really the first full-on content stack from start to finish ep uh, show that I've tried and it's working really well so yeah I'm enjoying it. Talking about that uh, conference is is it a new media Europe conference uh, this year? Yeah the, is there a new media Europe conference did you say? Yeah yeah no there's not actually it's a shame actually because uh, I know Mike and Isabella quite well they ran New Media Europe the last two years and then yeah. UK Pod the year before that but um, they've decided to take a break on it this year Okay. Uh, because there was, um, yeah, just for a few different reasons. I think they want to concentrate on their business and on the content they're putting out. So it's a shame. Yep. But um, but like you mentioned, Youpreneur already. I think Chris Ducker's coming across and taking their place yep. in London, certainly by running the the Youpreneur Summit. So I'm looking forward to that event. Okay, when is it? Bert? Uh, Bert? Uh, that where? one is in. That one is in London, and it's yep. in end of. Oh, let me just check my calendar actually, because I might as well get the right date. But it's it's towards the end of the year, so it's October or November. It's mm. in uh, yeah November, so it's November eleventh and twelfth, uh, the weekend November eleventh twelfth. Yeah, so it, there's a bunch of people I know going to that. It's kind of um, it's probably going to be the biggest certainly content based event this year in the UK. So if, if anyone's listening out there in the UK or even over more towards where you are in Europe, then yeah, get yep. across and see if you can visit. Yeah. So uh, then I will definitely check it out. And, and talking about that, we are recording it now. Yeah, beginning of June, and you know it is, it's a um, horrific uh, incident that happened here and an yeah. attack. Yeah. Uh, and I was in in London when we talked before a year ago when we talked about the time and the Greenish metric time. Yes, and indeed. The uh, time difference. And I hope it will be safe for that, uh, and yeah. um, we could talk about a bit more about that later on. But it's good to know that the drug here is. Uh, uh, doing a conference there and I will listen yeah, yeah. to your 
conversation with him. It was on this Rainmaker platform, and you could see that's also a tool for people who want to stack their content and uh, do yeah, it in, yeah, in one place and also earn money yes. on it. Um, so it, it's definitely interesting, and I will um, get inspira- inspiration from that. Have you? Do you know the guys and and girls from Fizzle? F I Z Z L E Fizzle. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a member of their community about um, yeah. four years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've talked to Corbin and uh, uh, oh, Chase and you, Steph. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I've talked to them a few times. Um, yeah, great guys. Actually, they're in a great, great program over there. Yeah, it's interesting to hear because I. Yeah, so when I listen now to the snack bits on on YouTube, uh, I was thinking of Steph Crowder's new podcast called Courage and Clarity, and she's doing one like one interview, one hour interview, and then it, she has it in two uh, pieces parts. One is courage, uh, and one is clarity. So one right. is uh, as an entrepreneur, you know your why and what you do, yeah. and then uh, the cl- uh, clarity thing is uh, the practical tips and so on. So in in a way, yeah. it's a uh, on the same wavelength that you are doing. Excellent. And, I'll just uh, check that out. Yeah, so I will uh, include that in the show notes and also affiliate uh, link that I have there. And it's inspiring to hear that you have un- t- taken this to to full-blown business and also doing this division of labor. And that's the chicken and hen situation for many podcasters. As you said, I have been podcasting since 2006, uh, now and then. On yeah. an irregular uh, basis, and but been blogging since two thousand two, so it's fifteen years yeah. now. Yeah, and I uh, now you will do this uh, uh, blog course that we have at Fistel. Start a blog that matters. So, yeah. and they also recently started a mastermind group that they will uh, found, and they will then match making things with people is uh, start a group. So that will be interesting to see. Yeah. How you come up so uh, could you tell a bit more about your background because you're also uh, as I said teacher at heart and in from the academic world and so on and doing these conferences and speaking engagement and and when I listened and, and watched your videos it was clear to see that you have um, passion and interest for it and also uh, how to present it in a, in a good way and also in with a twist so <laughs> Um, yeah, so just my background. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I I love I love teaching. It's it's something that I started back in when was it? I mean, I st- I started out as a web designer. That was kind of my trait. Well, <laughs> originally, I suppose I started out as a bar worker. Um, mm-hmm. I I did astrophysics at university, um, which wow. turns out to be uh, something that sounds really interesting. You can learn about space and string theory and you know cosmology and all that. Mm-hmm. It's just maths, all maths, nothing more yeah. than. A whole bunch of numbers and formulas. Uh, so it's not half as interesting as you expect and not half as useful in the world either as you'd expect. Um, so I didn't do a whole lot with that. I ended up just working in uh, in bars in Edinburgh um, full time for a few years after university. And um, I eventually went back to uni to study um multimedia and interactive systems and I'd, mm. I'd been playing around I was always kind of interested in the web and I'd built websites since about 96 I believe it was the first one I did back in school so that was my my higher project I think um, so I've been playing around with HTML and CSS and stuff like that um, from you know in, during the 2000s and about 2004 
um, I went back, did that multimedia course and learned a lot more animation stuff around Flash, uh, a lot more video production, did a bit of audio in there too, um, and a lot of web design. So from then on, from about four, 2004 to about 2007, I was kind of a, a freelance web designer. Um, I was struggling to do it really because it turns out that being a freelance web designer is quite uh, tricky when you don't have many contacts. It's something that's mm. quite good to do after you've worked for an agency once you've got, you know, really good skills around project management and all the stuff that you don't expect you need when you're first doing it. Um, but it was good fun. I enjoyed it. I did get a, few, a fair few clients in there, but I ended up into teaching because of that, because I, I ended up applying for a job at a college to teach web design because that was uh, intended to supplement my income. But I just enjoyed it so much that I ended up, that was my, that ended up my full-time job. And I went through six or seven years um, a few different roles at universities and colleges, ended up at Edinburgh Napier in Edinburgh, uh, teaching lecturers how to teach more effectively. Because my thing was technology, really. I, you know, I was into the web. I was into, I, I knew how to play around with tech from, from video to audio to building websites to working with blogs and wikis, all that kind of stuff. And that was really kind of a, a huge growth thing in universities in the late 2000s. It was them all getting on board and figuring out how to use this tech to help their students to learn. Um, so I ended up as a lecturer running a, an online course, teaching lecturers how to use this type of tech to teach really effectively. And I, I kind of, I came in with my tech knowledge and knowing sort of, um, how all of that stuff worked. But the bit that I really got on with and really kind of captured me was more the teaching side of things. And that was, you know, how to teach. It was how people take on knowledge and how, how you can really engage people and how you can really encourage people to, to do something with what they've learned so that it really embeds in their mind and really becomes useful because there's so much, so much teaching out there, which is just kind of, it's just rote knowledge. You know, you just pick up a book and you try and remember something. And a lot of people think of that as learning. A lot of people think of equate memory to intelligence. They think that if you can remember a whole bunch of facts, then you're naturally intelligent, but it's not, it's not at all about that. It's about figuring out how to get people to learn something, but to figure out how to use it in real life. Yeah, apply, you know, how to, yeah. Exactly, how to apply it, how to adapt it to, to certain contexts. That's the problem solving aspect. If you know something, you know some facts, but can you adapt that to a new context and make it work for you, whatever you are? So that was really, that really captured me. And that's why I ended up doing a, a PhD in education, actually, which was around how to use the web to teach really effectively. But it was a lot around the learning science as well as the tech side of things. So so yeah, it's something I still really enjoy these days. We still do a lot of courses at the podcast host. We, you know, that's one of our products is we sell courses around podcasting. And I, I really enjoy trying to create really effective courses uh, because there's a lot of really ineffective online learning out there just now. Yeah. And do you think that will be the main paradigm shift, so-called, uh, in the teaching and education uh, area and the field of uh, continuous learning? Uh, with new technology and uh, that you do learning in, in new and different ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think during the two th the, that decade from two thousand to two thousand and ten, there was a big, there was a huge shift towards technology in universities. Like every university got their uh, a VL a virtual learning environment installed, so yep. they'd have lots Black of stuff on. So on. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and starting to use wikis and blogs as a really sort of basic tool for getting stuff out there and then starting to use podcasting and video and but there was a lot there was a whole lot of universities and colleges jumping onto this tech without any real thought about how it's benefiting the student 
Um, yep. I think a good example of that was the lecture recording fad. <laughs> so there was mm. there was a project I was involved in at the university where um, they were looking at installing lecture recording software in every single lecture theatre. So, I mean, it, it's nothing more really than a camera that just records the lecture or talking away. It records the lecture, puts it onto a system so its students can automatically um, watch it afterwards. And in principle, it's a good idea. You know, a mm. student can go back and review the lectures and stuff like that. Um, of course, all the lecturers were terrified because they thought that students were never going to turn up to the classes because yeah. they could just, you know, watch them afterwards. But both of those missed the point. I mean, the point of going along to a lecture the, is that the student should be able to interact with the lecturer. It shouldn't just be didactic. It shouldn't just be you talking to the class. It should be activity. It should be yep. you doing something. It should be interaction. It should be talks. Like, it should be interactive stuff whereby you're talking to you're teaching them a little bit you're getting them to dissect it to feed it back to you to you know to talk to each other about it to break it apart put it back together and that's how they understand it so if you're a lecturer that's terrified of being superseded by uh, or people not turning up to your lectures just because they can see a recording then you're not doing it right because you're not you're not encouraging people you're not giving enough um, interaction and and value in people being there to make it worth it. So that was that was just a technology that was it was a big fad there, but it never caught on because nobody wants to sit and watch an hour long video offline. If they if they're not going to spend the time coming to the lecture for an hour, they're not going to sit in their bedroom and watch it for an hour either. So that was a bit pointless. Um, I mean the way the way that lecture the way that universities are using online learning well is it's a supplement to learning. So yeah. you give them the the basic information, you give them the notes, you give them the slides, you give them activities and things to think about on the virtual learning environment beforehand and then they come along prepared to the class so that then you can actually you can do the interactive stuff there so there's no time wasted in the class lecturing it's all interaction it's all workshop it's all talking to each other and solving problems and that's when technology is best in um in universities and education for me it's a supplement uh, to to sort of people to people communication and you can do that fully online of course you can have fully online courses whereby you have lots of great information you have lots of great teaching through audio through text through video but then you have interaction through you know maybe a, a class on a webinar software every week or maybe a text chat or maybe a video chat or something like that so it works well online as well yeah great and it's interesting to hear that this is uh, not new ideas. I mean, my Twitter handle is Lyceum, the school yeah. of Aristotle in Greece. And he used that method, uh, walking around with his students and having interaction and conversations. Yeah, yeah. So you could have that uh, uh, back then and nowadays. Yeah, and talking yeah. about that around here, uh, halftime, uh, do a short, like... Uh, affiliate message and that's audible that's owned by amazon and they have lots of great resources and books and audiobooks uh, there so why audible audible con content includes more than eight uh, 180 000 audio programs probably more nowadays from learning audiobook publishers broadcaster entertainers magazine and newspaper pu uh, publishers and business information providers. And recently they also had this, that you could send a book as a gift and also have a audible cha channel, you could say, almost like a podcast thing. Uh, have you explored that uh, kind of feature and uh, are you listening to audiobooks and reading regular books from Amazon? 
Yeah, I I listen to a lot of audiobooks actually. I um I've probably got 30, 40 different audiobooks in my Audible yeah. library just now. So yeah, I love it. <laughs> Great. So then you could go to audibletrial.com forward slash ego netcast. So do you have any book tip, uh, Colin, that you have uh, listening to right now or something about, uh, yeah, uh, how to develop as an entrepreneur or as a student or something else? Yeah, sure. No worries. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, my, I love reading. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and uh, I read a lot of uh, different types. One of the, one of the things, well, so I'll give you a few probably. Uh, yeah, thanks. So, Shoe Dog is one that I've read, my most recent book. So I'll tell you about that because it's, um, I just really enjoyed it. It's, um, it's the, the biography of the founder of Nike. So, um, mm-hmm. Phil Knight. Uh, and the reason I loved Shoe Dog was it was, it was kind of a, it was a, a personal story that just also had so much great business advice in it as well but disguised like disguised really well so it wasn't like it was teaching you it was just kind of um secret insights into how you can run a business and it was so honest and transparent as well the guy phil was just really honest about how the parts he was rubbish at the parts he wasn't he was good at and um and kind of it was a great story of the origin of a company and how a company um became huge excuse me almost almost not by accident because it was very deliberate but Mm. he was certainly not uh, there was def- definitely not a straight line to it, <laughs> to the, the huge company that Nike is today. So that's a great one. Get Shoe Dog. Um, yep. Another one that uh, I have been reading uh, recently is a series called, it's a fiction series actually, so just be brief on it. But it's, uh, it's the, the Lies of Locke Lamora. And I mention it because um, it's uh, I'm a huge fantasy and sci-fi fan. And it's one of the mm. best fantasy series that I've read in, in recent times. And I've read a lot of them over the years. And it's just so, um, it's similar actually, it relates to Shoe Dog and it's just really kind of uh, quite raw and quite honest and quite, it's not like, like a lot of fantasy is very high fluting, it's very high language, high fantasy and all very mm-hmm. formal, but this is just like a bunch of normal guys just in a totally different context and it's really entertaining. Um, so that's that's two of the recent books I've read, um, which I've really enjoyed. Great, and uh, we'll include this in the show notes as a, as a thing. And talking about that, uh, lots of your episodes and your different things with, with podcrafting, you have uh, tips and tricks on how to do, for example, transcripts and, and also the technical sites. With, um, you have an equipment guide there that I have yeah. linked on my site uh, to the, um, and other things like that. So um, it's, it's great to see... Um, lots of tips and tricks and uh, different aspects of podcasting so with that uh, we'll do also something around the half time about uh, that's my niche you could say to stick out a bit and that's the philosophical uh, segment talking about the trader principle uh, talking about books and literature have you read miss rand's books for example the fountainhead and atlas shrugged and no i'm afraid not not at all no and I will definitely uh, recommend you to do that. And they, it's that. recently that her uh, books and teaching will be in um, school uh-huh. uh, when it comes to ethics and morality and also philosophy and politics in, in how do you say, in, um, in the ground education there. So that's, I think, is a good, good thing. Uh, so there I talked to you about the trader principle. So I will include that in the show notes, but 
What's your take on, for example, in education that you have an exchange of ideas and of uh, services, products and so on, and also get them value from that? Because mm. you, you're talking about now how to get uh, uh, rolling out the business and how to earn, for example, on your blogging, mm. maybe more than uh, your podcasting it ha- has it as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because now much of that out there is free. And you talked about science fiction. Uh, have you read this Heinlein thing? But where he's saying about uh, there is no, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, that's the exchange of the trade, uh, the trader principle that you pay uh-huh. for something and you have a, f- a freely exchange of goods and services. Yes. So uh, what, what's your thing about that for the future now when you want to have uh, evolved to this business side? And also if you want, you could tell about more about this uh, service um how to say um s that you you get ah, something okay. when you need it yeah sure yeah sure um so yeah i mean i i found it really interesting actually i hadn't come across this before until you i you passed it on just before we did this recording yeah. um and i find it just to sorry just to sort of go a little bit into what i just a couple of things that popped out of me when i mm-hmm. saw it it was um, the the first thing actually that popped into my head when I read it wasn't anything around um, the business side of things or even get into it. We can certainly talk about the SaaS products and all that kind of thing and how that relates to it. But it was actually the fact that right now I'm well, a big part of my life is is um, my kids. So <laughs> well, I have a five year old and a two year old, and the whole the trader principle thing is it just sort of struck me that um, it was. You know, the, the one of the principles was, doesn't it? You do not give to the undeserved, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I'm doing a lot of that right now with my kids. Uh, mm-hmm. With the, so I was, I, it, I don't know whether this, whether you've read much about how it relates to to parenthood, but yeah, um, uh, I've, she I've just, has that yeah. aspect also, and you will follow uh, continue a thread there. But uh-huh. I mean, that's a big and a selfish uh, thing to do. I mean, invest yeah. in your kids and so on, and then you have a responsibility. Uh, and you will get that, uh, I mean, exchange in many different ways. Yeah. I mean, you see the development uh, of the children, mm-hmm. and then um, in later on in life, you will have an exchange that they will, if they have a healthy upbringing, mm-hmm. uh, that I bet they have, uh, they will uh, thank you for that and so on. So yeah. that, that I will could include something about parenting and and so on and um yeah so, so it's interesting uh, give you that's some more a, input yeah yeah that's a funny trade trade isn't it because you're yep. spending certainly in the last um five years so since my first my son was born uh there's a whole lot of of giving and giving and obviously i'm not um grudging this in any way i love them i want i no. want both my kids to to do as well as we possibly can but there is you know any parent i'll tell you there's far more giving than um <laughs> well kind of uh, ungrateful uh, to ungrateful little things they just expect you to give and give and give so there's, the trade is quite a uh, long term isn't it like you say it's yep. a strange thing of seeing them growing up in future and becoming you know useful humans and stuff like that so it's just a it's a funny trade that one I think it just that was the first thing that popped into my mind when I read it so yeah it's yeah. Fun, interesting but yeah with the, I mean with the sort of um, uh, software side of things we I find our our business funny in that sense because we do give away 
shed loads of stuff for free. Like uh, our our website is basically a free resource for anyone to come, and yep. we they read, they watch, they listen, they they get as much as they can from it. And we um, actually take in return uh, the biggest part of our income is affiliate income. So you've you've just done an affiliate message for Audible, similar to yep. us. We we do a bit of Audible, but we do a lot of Amazon as well. Um, mm -hmm. And it's through reviews. So we are kind of, we're giving value through reviews by telling people, this is a good microphone. This is not such a good microphone. This is a great microphone for this context. This is a great microphone yeah. for that context. Um, and people buy the product through our site uh, in exchange and we get a, a little um, payback for that. So I suppose that's the trade we make, isn't it? It's advice yep. and expertise in exchange for, and it doesn't even cost the user anything in that case. So that's a, Maybe a three-way trade, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. Amazon pay us for the purchase that they get. <laughs> um, yep. it's a bit of a trade pyramid or something. Um, what we're trying to do with the software, so software as a service, that's what the, the SAA, SAAS stands for, software as a service. And it's basically, yep. uh, for anyone listening that don't know the term, it's basically anything that, you know, standard products out there that you subscribe to, you pay five, 10 pounds a month on the internet, and then you get to use a bit of software on the web. Um, that provides a service for you. And our service is going to be that we will help anyone to run a podcast really, really simply and easily. So if you want to um, just do a really raw recording, you just do that on your phone, you upload it to our app and the, our app will turn it into a polished recording. So it'll make the volume good. It'll make the EQ good. It'll compress it. It'll make it all sound great. And it'll put your branding on it as well. And it'll let you do a little bit of editing and re, uh, sort of reordering as well. So it lets you make a, a podcast episode really, really simply. So that's what our service is going to be. And the, the reason we got into that was because um, the trade that we're getting currently around affiliate, around sponsorship, around um, advertising, it's very fragile and it's very mm. unpredictable as well so yeah. like our our income can be up and down by um you know 50 percent one month to next just because uh people weren't buying stuff that month or our traffic's gone down or google decides that one of our articles isn't as good as it thought it was so it drops mm -hmm. us down in the rankings and that that can i mean if we dropped out of google tomorrow that would basically ruin our company and that is mm. a that's a really fragile place to be so yep the the software that we're creating is an attempt to create a product that doesn't depend on anything else it's a product that we own that people know about that gains its own reputation its own brand its own name and then we can trade the value from that product for income of course so um yeah it's, it's a way of trying to make our company more robust um more reliable and rely less on other companies and other sources of traffic for for our uh, our turnover hmm. that's interesting and it's interesting to see your uh, story there and also your transparency and be open with that uh, so I, I welcome that and applaud that um, and I am very interested in this service in the future because right now we are using a service that I'm an affiliate for uh, called Ringer mm -hmm. so you could go to ringer.com forward slash forward slash ego Indeed. and I'm a happy customer so I pay per as I use it but also per as for month uh, so maybe it would be something uh, in in that uh, range that you could do a, a recording and then you could then I mean as you said polish it a bit and editing uh, because I have come to the conclusion I want to have it in an easy way yeah uh, uh, so that's my so one of my uh, I've been a, I mean student and also bought courses and uh, come a friend with uh, Sean Smith of uh, Mobile Pro. 
Okay, yeah. And I mean, he has his own whole equipment in a way in in his backpack. <laughs> right. So, and he's giving tips and resources on, on mics and so on. And now when I'm having a client that wanted, I, I teach her how to use social media and she is a, a management uh, consultant and she's working with, uh, uh, you, you know, board uh, members and leadership groups. And she is doing a holistic approach. And yeah. then she was into blogging. But when we talked about podcasting, she got an aha moment and said, ah, that's how I could do it. And then I could continue with my book and so on that I'm working on. And so we are setting up a studio at her, at her uh, place, at her uh, office. Excellent. And, and now we are thinking about um, how to do it. And she will interview uh, uh, business leaders and others that she have been in contact through her network. Yeah. And then uh, in, indirectly she will talk about her, I mean, services and her approach and her ideas. But will it be in, 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 in laid back settings with yeah. an interview? Yeah. So where I'm sitting there, because I'm not... Uh, tech nerd in a way but of course you could get you more you learn you could get that you want to have these shiny gadgets for example a mic microphone that i saw at the place here with a music store but also podcasting called aston have you heard that that's from england aston, aston mac microphone no i do you know i haven't come across them at all i'll need to have a look uh, it, it's on my wish list for some time for the future <laughs> but it's a very fancy microphone, but it looks cool also and sturdy and uh, all the details. Yeah, yeah. So, But in a way, that's why I like your resources, that you could say this microphone could be good for, for this and that could yeah. be that. So we're starting out with um, uh, the my, uh, multimedia, uh, the IK, with the lavalier mics, because it otherwise it could be a bit in your face, so to speak, if she would talk to like older uh, senior uh, professionals and so on, yeah. and, and, and not inti intimated, yeah. intimidated. So we will start out with that. Yeah. And yeah. also with the ringer if it's a long distance. But uh, it's interesting to see how you, different options you have there with uh, podcasting. But yeah. I had uh, another idea also um, with, with uh, doing pro bono with... Uh, uh, organization called the civil defense like the 72 hours uh -huh. how you could protect and uh, be prepared if something happens okay and sure. five uh, of our so-called basic needs or stuff what we need is like uh, sleep of course water uh -huh. uh, food uh, and and information and something else but i will include uh -huh. that in the show notes also and that maybe could be a season uh, like a cereal but it could also be a regular podcast mm -hmm. because then you could use it in their lectures, in their events, and uh, members could go, go back there. Could you um, uh, talk a bit more about that, like the, that you had had this uh, speaking um, talk about a serial uh, form, a form in, yeah, in a sure. semester or uh, yeah. like that compared yeah, to sure. a regular ongoing show? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that's another thing I've talked at events about, and it always goes down really well. And and I used to always talk about um, seasons based podcasting. Yeah. So it was really just in the podcasting form. And the principle is for anybody listening is that uh, instead of starting a podcast and saying, right, I'm going to talk about mountain biking, that's my show. It's going to be about mountain biking, and I'm going to do one show a week, and I'm going to do that forever. 
it, yeah. and it's just like it's totally it's impossible it's demotivating it grinds you down over a year and it's why it's why I think a lot of shows break down because they just mm. they never get a break. They they're always coming up with new ideas, having to come up with a new idea every single week, speaking every single week. It's just and also it doesn't give the the listener much incentive either because they know it's going to be out if they if they think oh, I'm a bit busy this week. Will I listen to it this week? Nah, it's all right. It'll be out again next week. It's not like if I miss this episode, it makes any difference. Mm -hmm. But a seasons based approach means that what you do is you plan it. A bit more carefully so it takes a bit more forward planning but you take a theme so take the mountain biking example again um, i might do a season on building a bike so i plan that out i go right this is my content idea my season is about building a bike how do i break that down i go right okay so i'm going to choose wheels first so i'll do an episode on wheels how to choose the right wheels different sizes different spokes different rims all that kind of stuff then next i might go frames how do i choose a frame what are all the different types of frames uh, what about handlebars? Different types of handlebars. What about brakes? All the different types of brakes. So you have an episode for all of these different parts of the bike. And then you do that, you plan that out. So I might end up with, say, 10 different episodes. So that's a full season on mountain bike building, which breaks it down into lessons, basically. And it's about going back to the teaching background because it's kind of like a course, basically. Mm. Um, I'm teaching it from start to finish. There's a few bit, a bunch of benefits here. The first of which is saves you a lot of time and a lot of stress week by week because you're planning it all up front. I can plan out a season of podcasts in just maybe, you know, an hour or two hours. It might take me an hour to sit down and just write down those ideas for the, for the episodes that I might cover over that season. And then it might take me another half hour to just flesh them out a little bit. So I'll, I'll actually put a few bullet points. I do it in Evernote. So I just have a bullet point list in Evernote those 10 episodes and then I'll do some sub bullets in each one which shows the kinds of things I might cover on each episode and that means that each week I just sit down and I go right what's the next episode oh episode three is on wheels well look I've already got uh, some ideas about what to speak about so you just jump straight into it there's none of that mm. planning every single week struggling to think up ideas so that's the first benefit the next is that for your listeners it really motivates them to listen through every single episode you know like I said if you've got a normal podcast that's changing every single week it's going like beginner subject to expert subject to one su subject a to subject b it just it's not connected it's not teaching them very effectively it's not encouraging them to come back the next week but as this way we're we're doing effective teaching because we're built we're taking them through a path that we've planned out in ahead and it means that they're much more likely to come back for the next one because they're all linked together so you build up this habit of learn of listening and people come back again and again and that really grows your audience as well and another thing is that I mentioned the fact that they break down because podcasts can break down because you get a bit demotivated with mm. seasons. It's quite natural to take a break. <laughs> so you yeah. end up, you do a season of 10 episodes and then you take a month off and you can use that month for something useful. You can use it to get, get some listener feedback on what you should do in your next season, for example, and really build it up and then come back for the next season, really motivated and excited because you're back after a break. So there's, all, there's a whole bunch of um, benefits there. The final one that always gets me actually, and the one that um, really ties into what we do is that you can you get this evergreen resource in the end. So that that example of the podcasting course there, uh, sorry, the mountain biking uh, course, I could have, I at the end of that, I've got 10 episodes 
um, I could package that up as an audiobook and sell it as a course, or I could then put that into an actual course on Udemy or create it on my own website and put some text in there as well, some video in there. And that's an actual, it's a real life course that you could sell. So you end up with these resources that are quite chunky, quite big, quite a big kind of authority builder that you just create through your normal content creation. So it's great that way. And it applies so well to every other medium too. So blog series, we do a lot of blog series and they work so well because people read one blog post and they're really encouraged to go and look at the next blog post and then the next blog post. And again, you can repurpose them. So I end up with a, a 10 episode blog series, which I turn into an ebook, stick that on Amazon, sell it as a, an upgrade or something like that. So seasons based content creation, whether it's podcasting, whether it's blogging, whether it's video, works really well. There's a whole bunch of benefits there for me. Right. Uh, it's, uh, uh, food for thought there. So I will uh, think about that for myself because I've been uh, struggling for this regular uh, content creation on a yeah. regular basis. Um, but also this, I like this interview format because it's new every time in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I will... Uh, that I've done also in the past, mix it together with my own like solo shows. So it could be more like this uh, meta podcasting, but also this journey, what I'm doing myself. So yes. yeah. I'm trying in a way, combine it with <laughs> different things in one, on the one brand. And I'm calling that, and uh, uh, I like uh, um, this guy, now I have the name here again, but uh, Rob Walsh on Libsyn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he gave me a comment there on the, my name, Ego Netcast, said mm -hmm. that podcast is the name, and I agree with that. But it was with a twist also, because I know back in the day, then Twit said about uh, Apple, because I'm an Apple fanboy, but they, yeah. back in the day, they said nobody should have a name similar to iPod. Yeah. So yeah. then people discussed, should it call something else? <laughs> and when podcasting is the leading name in Swedish, it's pod radio, pod okay. radio with two Ds. Sure. Uh, and uh, but netcast could be also then video. It could be other things like that. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So I will stick with it, but I I adding uh, the name podcast also to it. <laughs> but uh, I have several other podcasts. One is with in Swedish with a guy uh, called Johan Gustafsson, and we drink a, uh, a tea every time. Oh, and then we are talking about getting things done, to do, stress, and other things like that. Yeah, yeah. And then I we have a, an interest in food trucks. So I have a podcast there, uh, and uh, so and then also inspiring others to start podcasting. Yeah. But this uh, right. uh, season thing, uh, I will definitely take a thing. Uh, I will figure thing, fig, figure it out and think about it and yeah. chew it because it it, yeah. you know. As I said, it's not mainstream yet, mm -hmm. and one so-called risk is that the marketers, in a way, I'm a marketer too, but you know, uh, people who say, oh, I will get a quick buck here, and we will sell something, and now, oh, cereal is a big hit, oh, we will start our own series. Do, yeah. do you catch my, <laughs> yes, <laughs> where absolutely. I'm going? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so in a way, I, I want to so-called fight for this, I mean, podcasting called community and and uh, to find your why and find your true uh, yeah. voice and do yeah. your thing and that's but, what i like when i saw this uh, video with you uh, and i also listened to the whole thing but it was smart to to divide it but also to get uh, concrete tips and so on so well, i will definitely you, yeah. follow you along 
Excellent. And then uh, I'm not so much into biking, but I will definitely <laughs> tell my friend. But he's more like racing biking. Ah, okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I will definitely check it out anyway because I have an eye thought about what you are drinking when you have been biking also. But you have <laughs> another one. Is that a UK startup? Yeah, UK business startup was a. It was almost a one-off show that we did. We did a series around how to start a business in the UK. Um, okay. and it, apply, it applied outside as well. To be honest, there were a few things specifically to Britain, but it was more. That was actually, you know, you're you're saying there about championing the podcasting as a medium, um, mm. and I think po- the reason podcasting is doing as well as it is is because of great people like yourself, uh, just uh, sort of championing and help helping people to find new shows, doing great shows like this. So, it's, I mean, I appreciate you doing that as well. Um, but UK business startup was partly to to try and get more people listening to podcasts so we created it uh, like a course again so it was a season of eight episodes it was stu- mm. it was um structured so that people would go through it one two three four and sort of learn as they go um but it was aimed at small businesses it was aimed at you know a plumber or a baker or a you know somebody who's just starting a little business that wants just a wee bit of extra training and we'd intended to to sort of pass it on to the business organizations here like the federation of small business like business gateway the chamber of commerce places like that so they then pass it to their businesses um and that would we hoped that that would help people to be more successful in their businesses in the first place but would help them to get to know podcasting so they would then subscribe to other shows and then a lot of them would maybe start shows for their own companies and start teaching what they do so we'd kind of hoped it would proliferate the listenership but also create more shows as well so that was that was the purpose behind that show and it, it's done a bit of that so far but we do need to we do need to promote it a bit more <laughs> yeah and talking about that uh, i would definitely then do a plug for what i'm doing uh, as a moderator of Peace sugar with small business forum that's oh, okay. owned by anita campbell and small business trends sure i think you definitely should uh, do some posts and some summaries and start an account there and then uh, promote your podcast so people in the small business uh, uh, space could listen to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, because it, it's an English-speaking uh, forum, mm-hmm. so everything that have something to do with uh, the work life uh, uh, for a small business owner, entrepreneurs, yeah. uh, like a side hustler, etc. Yeah, also yeah. manager and leaders are welcome. Yeah. So definitely check that out, Colin, really? and and uh, it it could be that uh, small business because as I said, I'm writing and there is the segment here now at the end about beverages. I'm writing uh-huh. a book series on tea, uh-huh, and sure. I think everyone has a book inside them. Yeah, uh, and it could be an ebook, it could be a hardcover, but I think everyone has a podcast inside them and also. <laughs> and now with this season thing. I think it could be a bit easier uh, in a way to start. Still, you have to fill it with content and have a plan, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely a good good idea. So I like your input on. on yeah. It put, on I this. think it puts a limit on it. It puts a cap on it. Like when you when you yeah. say to people to start a podcast, do you want to start a podcast? And they see it as this huge task. But with yep. UK business startup, for example, we'd always intended just to do eight episodes and see what happens. Mm. If it, even if we stopped after those eight episodes and never do another episode again, then we've still created one valuable thing, which is worthwhile. Yep. It teaches people something. It's, you know, it, it sits on iTunes. It sits on all the podcast directories. It gets listeners every week. Um, people download it every week. So, I mean, it's, it's worthwhile, whether that's all it, as far as it goes or not. So, yeah, hopefully that helps, encourages more people to at least give it a shot. Great. 
So what's your plans for uh, for the future here? You have this, as I said, uh, SAAS service. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any ideas also and thoughts about like future guests and uh, topics? As I said, I use this uh, service called podcastguest.com. Yeah. So I'm, I'm booked in ahead for like having like one interview per month. I'm yeah. having a bit of backlog, as I said, on Twitter <laughs> and so on, but I will catch up. Uh, but do you have any that could fit this show and topics that you are interested in and would be uh, interested to listen to? Yeah, and also, sure. as I said, future plans. Yeah, f- future plans. Uh, we've just taken on a couple of new developers to build the yeah. app. So really my job for the next month or two actually is just to try and um, really direct that, like get them on board, teach them what we're all about, get them in, uh, sort of inducted into the company and get this app done because I want to get it finished by, um, or at least the first version finished by the end of the summer. So that would be mm-hmm. end of July, I would say, get it out in August. So that's the plan. Yeah. It'll be all about the staff. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of guests for your show, there's, I, uh, I, I mean, I, 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 I actually follow a lot of the different. So, so I'm quite into my tea as well, to be honest. Uh, so mm. I, we can we can t- do a couple of recommendations at the end on that if you like. Um, yeah. I'm I'm kind of into. I get geeky about just anything that I can consume on a uh, on a regular basis. So the other thing that I got into relatively recently was was beer actually. Um, mm-hmm. So and that was through my brother because my brother's a yeah. uh, a craft beer guy he sort of got into it about seven or eight years ago and he now runs a chain of craft beer bars and um, really sort of you know we we're talking about trying to um promote the the world of podcasting he's tr- out there trying to promote the world of really high quality beer and like craft that's, stuff and all like wow, that. that's interesting is yeah. that in uh, the uk he is yes yeah but he works internationally so he his bars are in the uk um but he imports beer from all over uh so um interesting and yeah Yeah. works so i don't know if he he might be an interesting guest for you actually because he could talk to you all about the sort of the provenance of beer how good stuff the bad stuff the how to run the bars like there's a big business side of it as well as the kind of creating a great product so that might be so his name is bruce gray and i can pass on the the details afterwards if you want but you can talk a good game about beer certainly (laughs) great and uh, that's uh, interesting when uh, you could say segue into this beverage thing. <laughs> um, besides beer, what's your favorite beverage, Ben? I think uh, my favorite beverage, uh, would you know what, if I'm entirely honest, my favorite beverage is a chocolate milkshake. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love it. Um, and it kind of graduated into, uh, like, I a, a love, a, and this is just my sweet tooth and it's so unhealthy, it's ridiculous, but like um, frappe coffees and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Love a, I love a frappuccino or something from Starbucks. I know that's uh, mm-hmm. fully co- <laughs> mass produced, but it, they just taste good to me. Um, yeah. But if you get more refined, actually, I've got into my coffee recently, so I'm enjoying exploring coffee a bit, but actually, um, I share the passion for with you uh, for tea, and I I've got a massive um, collection of uh, loose leaf teas out in the office here, which I, I try different things every day. So um, I'm a big fan. I always come back to my lapsang Sushong. I just love uh-huh. that on a, a daily basis to wake me up in the morning. Um, and there's actually there's a local producer of white tea over in Perth. So I'm I'm based in Dundee, and there's a company called mm-hmm. the Wee Company in Perth. Um, who yeah. are award-winning. One of their white teas is apparently one of the best in the world. And I say apparently because wow. I've not tasted it yet because it's ridiculously expensive. Um, mm. But I, I keep intending to go and buy some. Um, but I buy some of their other more uh, affordable stuff. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have a little um, 
a little shop in the middle of Dundee called Braithwaite's, which sells uh, tons and tons of loose leaf tea and really good stuff and, and really good coffee as well. So, um, so yeah, my, uh, I, I, I drink at least a few cups of tea a day and, and I'm trying to experiment with different blends and different types and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I really enjoy it. Great. Yeah, definitely. You have to send me the names and the links uh, later on because mm-hmm. I want to include yeah, that and also test it out. Yeah, uh, no because I'm a big tea drinker. As I said, I'm writing this book on tea and I have a crowdfunding campaign for the illustrations of uh, uh, this okay. book series. Sure. So, um, yeah. And there, it's also like this segment. So every book will be about a certain kind of tea. Like first two books will be about black tea. Uh-huh. Uh, so the first one is plain black teas, um, pure t- black teas, and and the second, like for example, it will be it's pure black tea, but it's a bit special, like uh-huh. Lapsang Shishong, because uh-huh. it's smoked. Yes, yeah. And then uh, green tea, and then fourth will be matcha tea, and then white and and yellow and oolong, yeah. and also things at the end that will have something that uh, kombucha, that's tea, but also some. Oh, yeah, you yeah. could say a bacteria, uh, bacteria culture, yes, uh, yes. and also the last book, the book eight, will be about things that is not tea, but people think is tea or have an alternative as tea. Excellent. For example, right now I'm drinking yerba mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, a beverage from South America, mm-hmm. and it has this energy, it has this kick and focus, but also the mood enhancement. Uh-huh. And in okay. South America, like in Argentina and so on, they're drinking it all all day around. Yeah. So, right. yeah, but like also, crowd, also like country. rooibos, that's a plant from South Africa. So, yeah, what right. did you say? I'll need to look up your crowdfunding campaign. I'd be happy to get involved in that. I'd, uh, I'd like, it's something I, I don't know much about the history or the how how it's made or anything like that yet. So yep. I'd love to learn a bit more about that. Great. Thanks. I appreciate that because that's what my, in a way... I mean, challenge, I said, everything is written about tea that's already out there, but then do it with your own twist and your own personal way. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also to have, um, like, supporting uh, to, to get it in, in as you want it. So I want it, I try to describe it as a, if you think like a small booklet or book, uh, as a children's story or something like that, that you yeah. learn something yeah. Excellent. in no, a it's... funny way. And then <laughs> you could continue the... Um, conversation online so i mean that's my that's why i'm starting now with this uh, course from fissel and also enter the mastermind group because i have so many ideas and i wanted to get it in one place yes so to, as i said create my last in so-called parenthesis site <laughs> that i will try to in a way get everything in in place and in order like an umbrella site but still, I mean, stick out as an individual. So yeah, yeah. I, I thank you again for for your tips here and, and input. And you have given me lots of food for thought here, Colin. So, <laughs> no, it's been uh, great to chat. Yeah. So uh, well, uh, do you have anything else at the end? How, how will, will people uh, and listeners and fans and so on uh, find you on the interwebs? <laughs> I'm really enjoying uh, Instagram these days, actually. So if anybody yeah, has uh, uh, a question or anything like that they want to ask or uh, get in touch, just say hello. I'd love to see you on Instagram. I am the underscore podcast underscore host on Instagram. And of course, Twitter too. I'm just the podcast host on Twitter. Um, and if you want to see all the stuff we do, all the articles, if you want any help on podcasting itself, then pop over to thepodcasthost.com. Uh, we've got uh, we've got an email course there actually, which is a, a five day course 
which teaches anyone how to podcast in just five days. So you can sign up for that over at the website. Um, and yeah, I'd love to see you there. Great. And we'll definitely uh, link that and put that in the show notes also. So, and if you want to have uh, support with venture, you could go to egonetcast.com forward slash support. So Colin, uh, it was great uh, time here and pleasure. And uh, any ending notes, thoughts, or uh, cheerio at the end here? <laughs> you want to say? I uh, know. I'll just say uh, cheers. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, go out and get some uh, lapsan shushong today, and get yourself some smoky tea in you. It makes you feel much better. Achieve much yeah. more. I think a wee bit of that in you. Great. Thanks, uh, Colin, and talk to you soon again. Cheers. cheers. You too. Thanks then. Bye.